Hello and welcome to the What The Heck podcast, a show that looks at mysteries and the unexplained. I'm your host, Glenn. Every week I look at something unexplained, telling a story or describing it, then look at the theory surrounding it. I won't give you many answers because I don't know them myself. I'll just give you what you need to decide for yourself. Research is done as academically as possible and references will be given after the stories. The episode this week is a science episode. This week, we're looking at why we yawn. Yawning is a bit of a confusing thing. There are so many reasons that people think that we do it, but it doesn't seem like there's an actual answer for it. Everyone does it, and even animals yawn. Scientists have done lots of research and observations, but are yet to come up with an actual answer. Yawning is a reflex that humans share with a lot of animals. Not just mammals either. Even birds, reptiles and fish yawn. Humans themselves start yawning inside the womb, usually around 11 weeks of gestation. Even though babies will yawn visibly from birth, they don't usually find it contagious until they reach around four or five years of age. This points to the idea that there are two types of yawns, spontaneous and contagious. When someone yawns, the instant response is, are you tired or am I boring you? It lends to the idea that yawning exists to increase blood oxygen levels and, by extension, alertness. But that's really where the idea ends. Robert Praveen from the University of Maryland actually tested the idea and found that we're just as likely to yawn when our blood oxygen levels are high. If we look at when people yawn, we tend to see strange reasons behind it. Most spontaneous yawning tends to happen when we're preparing to perform activities like exercising, performing, or even taking an exam. It also happens when we wake up. It's led to the idea that yawning helps our bodies prepare for something by increasing blood flow, especially to the brain. We don't know how that works, but scientists have observed fish yawning when they're anticipating a fight. Another reason people believe we yawn is because it actually helps cool the brain. This idea came from observations that showed that people tended to yawn less when they held cold packs to their head. Temperature regulation is actually crucial for physiological performance and is controlled by the hypothalamus in the brain. The hypothalamus controls production of adrenaline and cortisol in the body both hormones that increase our alertness and help us deal with stress. This even has observational evidence. Humans and monkeys both tend to yawn more when they feel stressed or anxious. Contagious yawns are a little more tricky though. Aside from humans, the only other animals that can catch yawns from each other are chimps, the sprague dawley rat, budgerigars and lions who have been observed to use yawns to send signals to the rest of the pride. Dogs get a special mention here because they can actually catch yawns across species because they've been observed catching yawns from humans. 
Each of these animals are social animals, which causes people to lean towards empathy for a reason. Some think it's a subconscious way of mimicking people or even synchronizing actions with others. We don't know if it helps us build relationships or whether it's a byproduct of the way that social animals respond to each other instinctively. Medically, there isn't an official consensus of how much yawning is too much, but some people still worry that they're yawning too much. Some experts consider it strange to yawn more than three times within a 15-minute period with no obvious cause. On average, we yawn about 28 times a day, a lot of them being when we first wake up and when we're about to go to sleep. Yawning with none of the typical cues is also classed as abnormal and may indicate an underlying disorder, like damage to the parts of the brain that regulate yawning. It's believed that too much yawning can be a sign of a stroke, Parkinson's disease, epilepsy, migraines, multiple sclerosis, swelling on the brain, or even a brain tumour. None of these things are definite though. In rare cases, yawns can be caused by certain drugs. Antidepressants and opioids can cause it, as well as dopamine drugs and benzodiazepines. Even insomnia and sleep apnea can cause excessive yawning. Plenty of studies have gone into this natural bodily response. But even now, we still have no idea why we yawn. We just haven't been able to figure it out. Yawning is such a natural response that we don't often think about it. But why do we do it? We don't really know, but scientists have been trying to figure it out. One theory suggests that it's an empathetic response. This specifically links to contagious yawning because of the link between the involuntary responses that we make when we perceive certain things in others. Ivan Norskia and Elisabetta Palagi performed a naturalistic study of yawning to see if there was a link between contagious yawning and empathy. They observed 109 adults in their natural settings over the course of a year. The participants were almost equal males to females and were from around the world. They recorded the length of a yawn and each potential responder. A responder was classed as someone who was in auditory or visual contact with the person yawning. They also recorded whether the yawn was loud or not, how many yawns happened in three minutes, the social bond between the observed and the responder, and whether any responders also yawn, including how long it took for that to happen. They recorded 613 responding yawns, but restricted that to 480 because they could only count yawns that could be assigned to a trigger yawn. 
They verified the variables that could affect the contagion of a yawn and found that the fixed variables were the sex of the observed and the observer, the number of triggering yawns, the social bonds, the context of the yawn, the sensory aspects of yawning like the sound or whether it was visible, and whether the observed shared a nationality with the responder. They found that the yawn was responded to most by those with a social bond to the observed. They found that a higher social bond caused a higher rate of contagion for the yawn. They said that yawning was not affected by nationality differences or social context and believed that that was due to the fact that yawning happens throughout humanity and is immediately recognisable. Their study concluded by saying that the results suggest that the relationship between yawn contagion and empathy may have developed earlier than the last common ancestor between monkeys, humans and non-human apes due to its observability in all three species. Gugesberg, Mathis, Schneider and Hess from the University of Geneva looked at the function of yawning. They looked at previous hypotheses and attempted to discover if any of them could be the reason behind a yawn. They began with the physiological hypotheses. This involved getting rid of bad air from the body and increasing oxygen circulation to the body and brain. They used self-observation to show that we don't yawn more when we've been exercising, which makes us need more oxygen. Even exposure to elevated carbon dioxide levels don't cause us to yawn more. Their cited studies demonstrated that breathing rate was the primary mechanism for regulating blood oxygenation. They discovered that there is no relationship between yawn frequency and duration, adding more to the argument. They said that even in sufferers of hypoxia, which is low levels of oxygen in tissue, yawning doesn't have an increased frequency. They looked at yawning for blood oxygenation and found that there are no studies that measure it. However, they did mention that yawning would be a much less efficient way of oxygenating the blood than rapid breathing due to a yawn's brief period of apnea. The idea that it increases circulation is another one that's attached to this theory. Yawning is associated with an activation of the nervous system, which increases heart rate and dilates the blood vessels. Unfortunately, they found that yawning only does the same amount as a deep breath, which means that they're no more effective than sighing. They did say that we can't yawn through our nose, which shows that it doesn't have the same level of behavioural freedom as breathing. They concluded that the respiratory hypothesis wasn't supported by the data. They said that it would require more controlled research to investigate the effects of hypoxia on yawning rates, but also to look into brain oxygenation. Given the evidence, they believe that yawning has no respiratory or circulatory function. They also looked at arousal as a reason. This specifically focused on physiological brain processes. The idea was that yawning might be responsible for the regulation of vigilance and brain arousal. This began with drowsiness. Studies consistently show 
that yawns occur most frequently just before or just after sleep. Yawns actually reflect the circadian rhythm's sleep-wake cycle in each person. One experiment looked at brain activity in a maintenance wakeful test, which assesses the ability to stay awake in patients with excessive daytime sleepiness. The study found that brain activity was higher just before a yawn than they were before control movements like adjusting posture were completed. Two other studies looked at brain activity, but weren't able to find any significant or lasting changes in the brain from yawning. Even the autonomic system activating isn't specific and seems to be related to the movement aspect of yawning rather than the actual act. The main argument, they said, was that arousal comes from the movement and not the act of yawning. This is something that has evidence to it, with brain activity spiking when drowsy people move. The conclusion for this hypothesis was that the data did actually suggest that yawning occurred during drowsiness, but there wasn't any specific arousing effect that came directly from yawning. They said that it may have some sort of activation to it, but that shouldn't be named arousal at all. Some people believed that yawning actually increased drowsiness, which is supported with evidence. But the problem with this idea is that the observations of this could actually be the drowsiness underlying the yawn. If it were the case that it did increase drowsiness, yawns would be self-reinforcing and would have to be controlled by other processes to keep the sleep-wake cycle balanced. They looked at thermoregulation next. The general idea of this is that yawning cools the brain down. I already discussed how cool packs can regulate yawning, but one study actually looked into it and found that cooling your head or breathing rapidly can achieve this effect. Unfortunately, the study had confounding variables. It's possible that the call packs had an arousal effect on participants and therefore can't be differentiated. The study also said that there was a correlation between circadian rhythm of temperature and vigilance, but still maintains that temperature was a decisive factor in yawning. The same thing happened in a second study involving birds in a room that had the temperature increased over time. This associated the increased temperature with more yawns, but again failed to account for the confounding variables of an arousal effect on the birds. Parts of the thermoregulation hypothesis also appear in anecdotal data of yawning in patients with various brain diseases. There are no direct comparisons or controls to this, so these anecdotes remain inconclusive. Next was that yawning didn't cool the brain down. We can't actually demonstrate how yawning can cool the brain down. And the suggestion is that the inflow of cool air ventilates heat off of the brain. We don't know if this is true, but like the circulation theory, the interruption of nasal breathing causes a problem. Nasal breathing is more effective at ventilation than mouth breathing. The conclusion for thermoregulation was that the evidence was insufficient to say that this was the reason. They said that the hypothesis had gaps that needed to be closed. Their next section 
looked at the suggestion that yawning equalised ear pressure. The contraction of muscles while we yawn helps to equalise the pressure in our ears with the outside air by opening the ear canal. There aren't any studies into it though, and we know that yawning isn't the only thing that helps us regulate ear pressure. It's a useful effect of yawning, but unlikely to be the reason why we yawn. The study then looked at state changes, specifically waking up and falling asleep and alertness to boredom. The idea is that it helps to facilitate these changes. Although this hypothesis might be able to use findings from other experiments, it doesn't go much past a description and doesn't explain how or why these changes are achieved. Without anything to add, experiments can't be performed and evidence can't be obtained. They suggested that future research should focus more on behavioural, physiological and social features of yawning and combine observational and interviewing techniques. The analysis was criticised by Gallup in 2010, who said that it ignored evidence for thermoregulation. The initial study concluded that no model of the function of yawning had sufficient experimental support, stating that there was more evidence for the social effects of yawning than there was for the physiological effects. Gallup believed that yawning provided a thermoregulatory function and Guggisberg, Mathis, Schneider and Hess responded. They said that Gallup failed to distinguish between triggers and effects of yawning. They said that he only looked at the evidence for yawning and made his judgement based on that. He had missed the effects though and only seen the triggers. Gallup had distorted the content which stated that there was no particular evidence that pointed at any specific effects, even though it found the triggers. Their statement said that the function of yawning should be based on evidence found in experiments and not on assumption. It seems that even science can't explain why we yawn. Perhaps it's all of these reasons, or maybe it's none of them. Maybe one day, Someone will find out. of the phenomenon from this episode came from a Sleep Fountain article called Why Do You Yawn? and a New Scientist article called Why Do We Yawn? The theories from this episode came from a meta-analysis called Why Do We Yawn? from the Neuroscience and Biobehavioural Review. The response paper from the University of Geneva called Why Do We Yawn? The Importance of Evidence for Specific Yawn-Induced Effects and a study called Yawn Contagion and Empathy in Homo Sapiens. References for the episode and links to studies will be posted on social media for you to have a look at. Social media links are available using the link in the episode description. I'm on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And I'm in the process of planning YouTube episodes and then shrinking them down and putting them on TikTok. 
I also have a Patreon, but I'm still deciding what to post on this season. Probably not going to post anything on this season, actually. We're about halfway through. There is a £3 tier if you want to put support in for me anyway. Um, the link to the Patreon is also on the link tree. And as before, you are welcome to pledge more than £3 a month. And I'll find something extra special for the people that do that. My email address is also in the episode description if you want to send me spooky stories, unexplained events, or even mysteries you want me to look at. If I get enough, I'll set up some listener episodes to read them. Please don't hesitate to email me if you have any corrections or issues with the things that I've said either. Once I've seen the email, I'll make sure to correct myself. This week's Creature Feature will be out on Saturday, and next week's episode will be out on Wednesday, March the 1st. So hold on until then.